forget. You know, I, I tried. I, I really tried to think of something funny I could say to, to kick off the show. Uh, to welcome you guys back for episode 13. Something to set the mood. I, I just... I tried, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. It's so hard. It's so difficult to watch the team that you love give up on their season halfway through. No urgency. No heart. No will. No desire. No effort. No fundamentals. No blocking. No tackling. No hustle. Nothing. It's very disheartening. It's not even funny anymore. It's unacceptable at this point in the season. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 2-6. and six. Don't know what the problem is. We're going to try and figure out the problem over the next 30-45 minutes, but what's going on guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast here on YouTube and iTunes for episode 13. I'm your host Redicus. Evan is not here today, so we're going to be flying solo. And we're going to try and figure out what the hell is going on these past few weeks. The Buccaneers lost to the Saints, got their doors blown off, 30-10 to 10 the final score. Pretty ridiculous, right? Pretty ridiculous. Two weeks in a row, the Buccaneers get blown out. Division rival games, must-win games, we've been saying that week in and week out. They were must-win games, and the Buccaneers did not show up. And I don't mean the Buccaneers didn't show up to play. The Buccaneers just didn't show up. Half the team wasn't there. They didn't want to be there. Because they don't give a shit. If you're a fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you're not angry right now, you should get angry because at this point you have every right to be angry. To get angry over Jameis throwing an interception is one thing, but to get angry over a team that is two and six because the effort is not shown on the field you're so entitled to being angry right now. You know, watching the game on Sunday watching the game on Sunday for the first time in a very long time while watching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I was speechless. Right about the time I got up and walked away from it the first time was the uh, Brian Anger blocked punt. That blocked punt, man. Really, the only thing good that happened uh, Bucks related this week. I got a new office chair um, on my desk to do the show from. The only show I really do is about the Bucks, so that it all kind of connects, you know. Now I can spin while I go on my tirades, because my old chair wasn't a, uh, a spinny office chair. I'm mad. You should be mad too. Because there's a problem. (laughs) And apparently nobody knows what the hell it is. But someone has to be held accountable at this point. Someone's got to be held responsible. 
And if we're going to break it down, we need to look at it from every aspect. Someone has to be held responsible. On paper, there's no reason this team should be 2-6. and six. There's no reason. Jameis Winston is hurt. You know why Jameis Winston is hurt as bad as he is? Because our O-line doesn't play like they give a shit. Donovan Smith has proven himself to be the worst O-lineman we have. I wouldn't say a complete bust because he's had his moments. But these guys don't give a damn about protecting the quarterback. There's a culture. It's been said time in and time out. The Buccaneers have a losing culture. Coach Cutter has commented on it. The Buccaneers have a losing culture. We can't shake that, apparently. And the worst part is, is when you have great talent who comes in and just doesn't care. I'd say about half the team just doesn't care. Ever since halftime of Arizona, ever since we almost beat the Patriots without a field goal kicker, they don't care. Seems like a lot of these guys are just there to cash in and get their checks every week. And I'm angry. You should be angry too. We're probably going to be angry for the rest of the show. As much as I don't like it, there's a lot we got to talk about. Someone had brought up a great point on one of our posts a little while ago. It was on Instagram. If you don't follow us, go follow us at Cannon Fire Podcast. This was right after the Carolina game, and it opened my eyes. And when you put all the pieces together, it makes sense. This is what was said. D. Young, 1855, commented on my post, a Cannon Fire podcast. Said, I've been a Bucks fan since 79, and this season feels like it did back in the 80s, when players were just there to collect a paycheck. 4-12 and 12 is looking like our 2017 record. And everyone will be asking what happened to this team that everyone thought would be in the playoffs this year. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. Brought up an excellent point a week before anyone else did. I know Bucks Uncensored, the commish, Justin Polkowski, talked about this on his show. Um, I do know that, uh, not Pewter Report, but... What's the other one? Joe Bucks fan. Uh, Morning Joe podcast went into detail a little bit about it. Not as harsh, not as angry. But when you're a fan and you give as much passion as you do to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the organization, you spend thousands of dollars on tickets, on merchandise because you love the team. It's a passion. And I will always love this team. Do not get me wrong. I just feel like I'm scolding a child. I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm disappointed. I'm let down. I'm hurt. This New Orleans loss, this one hurt. This one hurt. But when you're a fan and you put up with a cycle every two years, you start to realize that you deserve better. We deserve better as fans. I'm going to tell you why losing out isn't your best option. We've got a lot of people looking forward 
uh, looking at the draft, and I'm going to shut that down right there. It's too early to look at the draft. You need to change something inside the locker room, inside One Buck Place, inside the organization. Don't know what it is, because nobody's taken the blame and nobody's pinpointed it. So we don't know what it is yet. I've never seen a team crumble so quickly. Never in my life. But let's take a look back and let's look at what could be the issue. As realistically as we can. We're going to jump into this. We'll talk about why losing out isn't our best option. I don't even want to do offensive and defensive MVP. Defensive MVP is Levante David. There really wasn't an offensive MVP. I'd say Mike Evans was out here protecting Jameis Winston better than the O-line did all fucking day. Otherwise, he wouldn't be uh, shut down for two weeks if you guys hadn't seen the news lately. Jameis Winston has been shut down at least two weeks. We'll miss at least two games. Mike Evans was suspended one game, tried to appeal, it got upheld, so he will not play this Sunday against the Jets. That's okay. It's a one-game suspension. But I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. I'm going to that game on Sunday. I already bought my tickets. There's no going back at this point. I'm going to love to go watch my team play. I cherish every moment I have to go watch the Buccaneers play because I don't get to do it that often. Because tickets are fucking expensive. That's the way it is. But I'm going to go to that game on Sunday. And I can tell you one thing. If the Buccaneers lose to Josh McCown and the Jets, it's going to be ugly. You think, you think people are angry now? I know some people taking it very well. I know some people not taking it very well. Either way, it hurts. But it's going to be ugly if we lose to the Jets, the Josh McCown Jets, in Tampa Bay. It's going to be ugly. If you saw the news a little bit earlier, ESPN came out and rated Jameis Winston the most disappointing player in the NFL this year. You can't put that on Jameis. You can't put that on Jameis. You can't put it all on him. Let's look at the situation against New Orleans, the Marshawn Lattimore incident. You guys know what I'm talking about. Whether we like it or not, Marshawn Lattimore came over, said something to Jameis, and I'll start off by saying Marshawn Lattimore had no business on the sideline talking to an injured quarterback when his team was up 30-3. to And the injured quarterback wasn't even on the field. I'll start with that. But let's look at it this way. Marshawn Lattimore said something to Jameis, walked away, and Jameis poked the back of his helmet. Immature by Jameis. Can't let that slide. That comes with composure. That comes with being 23 years old. He'd be a rookie if he stayed in school right now. He's 40 games into his career. He's not a baby anymore. But he's young. An immature move by Jameis. We can't see that anymore from our quarterback. Mike Evans came in, plowed the shit out of Marshawn Lattimore. Very unprofessional. 
Mike Evans was protecting his quarterback, and I give him digs for that because he was doing a hell of a lot better, like I said before, than the O-line was all day, which is why Jameis was hurt on the sideline, re-aggravated that injury. Mike Evans was defending his quarterback, but Mike Evans very well could have uh, could have committed assault and battery on the field. Made the team very unlikable. It made the Tampa Bay Buccaneers very unlikable as a team. That upsets me. When you've got this much hype riding into a season, this much of an audience paying attention to you, seeing what your every move is going to be, obviously that amplifies it. But we're not talking just Tampa. We're not talking the city of Tampa and maybe some neighbors over in Lakeland and Bartow and Miami fans, some Orlando fans. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about nationwide. Paying attention to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because we had all the potential in the world coming into this season. Second half of the season last year, defense played lights out, looking to pick right back up where they left off this year by picking up Chris Baker, who was supposed to be making moves for us. Picked up all pro safety, pro bowl safety, super bowl champion safety, TJ Ward. And he can't get off the bench behind Chris fucking Conti. I love Chris fucking Conti. He's been playing good football. He got a pick. He's been getting in there. He's been doing his job better than he normally has. But TJ Ward does it a hell of a lot better. TJ Ward was brought in for a reason. And that reason wasn't to sit behind Chris Conti. But when you step back and you look at this situation that the Buccaneers are in right now, 2-6, and six, I'd say a good 35-40% has to do with the players. Other, other 60%, front office, coaches, anything else you can really point a finger at, that's it, man. It's a losing culture. And we haven't shaken that culture. There's something about it. Always let it get away from us. And this year, they've just given up. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have given up as a team this year. Haven't gone into games ready to play. Don't play with the heart that they did last season. Someone made an excellent point, and I'm pretty sure it was also on Bucks Uncensored. I think it was a uh, Bucks take. I don't remember the guy's name. Talent doesn't mean shit when you play with heart. And you can take that any way you want to. But with the talent that we have, if these guys were playing with heart right now, we'd be 6 and 1. 5 and 2. Seven and one. Six and two. Excuse me, I forgot we were eight fucking games into the season. Halfway through the season. And the season's over. It's sad. It's disappointing. Last thing I'll say about Jameis before we jump into the team aspect. Talking about New Orleans, it was a stupid fucking decision to leave Jameis Winston in the game the last drive of the second half. There were 40 seconds left in the half. Jameis took three unnecessary hits. You know why? Because our O-line doesn't give a shit. He was in so much pain heading into the locker room. You could see it on his face. He's trying so hard. He's not perfect. We've gone over that before. But goddammit, if you sit here and say that he isn't trying, 
people talk about cutting him. People talk about him being a bust. People talk about him being a disappointment and being, you know, one of the worst quarterbacks in recent memory. Wanting to start fits. People are putting this on Jameis. If I remember correctly, just last week, Jameis was the second youngest quarterback in NFL history to pass for over 10,000 yards. He must be doing fucking something right. Not just anybody passes for 10,000 yards. And that's saying a lot. Who was it? Was it Reggie Bush? Last year, Reggie Bush finished the season with like negative six, negative seven rushing yards. So if you were me and you were anyone else who doesn't fucking play in the NFL, you finished with more rushing yards than uh, than Reggie Bush did last season. It's hard to go out there and get yards as a quarterback. 10,000 yards. In two and a half seasons. People are ridiculous. Don't put this on Jameis. Looking at the team, like I said before, a point that's been brought up, guys aren't playing with heart. Guys are playing to get their checks. Guys are cashing out. And a lot of times, if you want to point fingers in particular, I'm not going to say any names, but you look at the veterans. Some of the veterans we have on this team have a me-first attitude. Have a let's-get-this-money attitude. They're there to cash in. And it rubs off on the younger players. It makes us look bad. It presents a bad football team who doesn't show up to play every Sunday. We're halfway through the season. We're 2-6. and six. Our starting quarterback probably should be sat for the rest of the season if it were up to me, but it's not up to me. We're halfway through the season. No bye week. Still have eight games left to play. We've got the Packers in Lambeau in December, given they have a backup quarterback, but he's doing A-OK. Just lost to the Lions. But he's doing enough. He's doing what he can. People have brought up changing coaches. People have brought up bringing Gruden back. And I'll be honest with you, as much as I really want that to happen, I'm not hanging my hat on it. I'm not I'm not going to put money down that he's coming back because I'll be honest, I really don't see it happening. As much as I really want it to happen. People say it's hard to go back. You have to move forward. Don't bring Gruden back. Why not? At this point, really, why not? The O-line needs an attitude. The defense needs an identity. The Buccaneers are in the middle of an identity crisis right now because we can't figure out what the fuck is going on with one of the best squads on paper in the league. It's internal. Whether it's the locker room, whether it's the front office, whether it's the coaches, whether it's management, whether it's the owners. You can't exactly say that it's the owners. If the owners didn't care, they wouldn't fire coaches every two years and pay coaches not to coach here. It would be different if they didn't care. 
People like to bring up the counter-argument. You can't build a team by firing coaches every year. Why the hell not? Let's look at this realistically for a second. Let's compare this to a real-world example. If you had a store, a clothing store, and you brought in a store manager who had a great resume, he got there and was shitty, wouldn't you, wouldn't, wouldn't the higher-ups, wouldn't corporate want to get rid of him and move on and find someone better? Why keep him there if he's shitty? If you do a bad job and you're not making sales, how's it going to get better? Try something new. Cutter's been given his chance, and I like Dirk Cutter. I'm not clamoring to fire Dirk Cutter. I really believe that he is the coach for this team, but I don't believe that he's going to be able to turn it around the second half of the season. And that goes into the conversation that we were going to have about losing out. Losing out is not a good option for us right now. If we lose out... We get a draft pick, but what the fuck is that going to do for us? Pulowski said it best on Bucks Uncensored. You're going to bring in new talent and you're going to ruin them by putting them in a locker room filled with a losing culture. Figure it out. Someone can fix this. Look at Tom Coughlin for the Jaguars. He came in, not as a coach, not as a GM but someone to help make decisions because he knows how to make decisions. You look at Leonard Fournette. Now, Tom Coughlin is a bare-bones guy. Tom Coughlin was a great coach. Tom Coughlin won two Super Bowls in New York. Did great things in Jacksonville before he came back. Tom Coughlin is no nonsense. Tom Coughlin got hired to Jacksonville just recently. Jacksonville drafted Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette acted up off the field. I believe he didn't show up to a team meeting or a team practice. He didn't play. Tom Coughlin doesn't give a shit who you are. You don't bring that don't care attitude into an organization that's trying to turn itself around and win. The Buccaneers have players that don't care. Now, if Tom Coughlin was in this situation for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, do you think Doug Martin would be on the team right now? Hit with a suspension? PED, drug abuse? You think Doug Martin would be a Buccaneer? Let's be honest here. I love Doug Martin. He's a great guy. I've met him twice. Talked to him a couple of times. I'm not going to say we're best friends, but he's a good guy. And he runs his ass off out there when he can. Wasn't able to produce against New Orleans. Peyton Barber came out and had a hell of a, uh, hell of a run for a little bit. I think Barber should start next week. I doubted Peyton Barber. I take that back now. Can solemnly say that I take that back. But bringing in someone to make decisions and help out 
someone with experience, someone who's been around and knows what it's like to win in an organization, to build the culture, to set the tone, to take the weight off of some people's shoulders. You have to change the culture. You have to fix it from within before you focus on talent. We have all the talent in the world right now. Not enough to get it done. Can't blame the players. The thing is, it's going to take more than a raw, raw speech before every game to get these guys going. And everyone has said that. It's going to take more than that. And as much as I love that, as much as you love Quan Alexander getting in the huddle and yelling, as much as you love Jameis making an ass out of himself saying we're going to eat some W's against New Orleans, I can guarantee goddamn to you, if the Buccaneers did not go out and lose 30-10, to 10, if the Buccaneers beat the Saints 30-10, to 10, nobody would remember that eating W's comment. Nobody at all. Now the whole league is laughing at Jameis Winston. You can't say he's not trying. You really can't. Make some mistakes. Said it before, I'll say it again. He's not perfect. He's made some mistakes. But he's trying. He went down in Arizona. You saw how nervous he was, how concerned he was. He wanted to get back into the game. He didn't want to be hurt. He was terrified. You saw when he went down against New Orleans right before the half. He ran into the locker room. He was so upset. I'm not just saying it to kiss his ass, but he's probably the most emotional player we have on this team. We need leaders on this team. Levante David could be a great leader. He's not a very vocal leader. But he could lead by example. You look at the Super Bowl team. You look at Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks. Those guys were leaders. They led in very different fashions. Warren Sapp was an asshole his whole career, but he was a leader. Derek Brooks was a leader. They set the tone for a Super Bowl defense. They made the culture great for that team. But they brought an attitude to it as well. They made sure that everyone was ready to bust ass every week and prove themselves as a great team. And they did. They won a Super Bowl. Only Super Bowl in franchise history. Hang on to that as long as we can until we get another one. And we will. Hopefully before I fucking die. But I'm only 18, so hopefully we'll get one. You need leaders on the team. People talk about Gerald McCoy being a leader, and someone else did bring this up. I'm kind of grabbing points from everywhere because everyone's pissed off at the same time. Someone else brought this up. Gerald McCoy. He's kind of a leader. Yeah. He's made himself into one. But he wasn't bred to be a leader. He was drafted by the Bucks, And then they threw a captain's patch on him and said, you're going to lead this defense. As a rookie, he went in there with a captain's patch. And they said, you're going to be the guy. And that's how he became the guy. As charming as he is, 
As much of a sunflower as Gerald McCoy is. Love him to death. But he wasn't bred to be a leader. Something to look at is Hardy Nickerson. Hardy Nickerson was brought in as a veteran to the team. He was brought in to teach younger guys. Younger guys at that time, mind you, being John Lynch, Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp. He taught them. He showed them how to lead. He was a leader when we needed him. He set the tone. He changed the culture. And when he left, the culture was still there because he left a mark. You tell me. You tell me who on the defense right now, who on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now can leave tomorrow and leave a lasting impression that people are going to remember for a couple of years to set the tone and help us towards a winning culture. I'll wait. I got time. Exactly. And I know you couldn't exactly say anything because, you know, it's a one-way podcast. I'm sitting here recording this. Nobody's here around me. But it's, it, it makes people mad. It makes us mad. Need to find out what the problem is. Need leaders on this team. There's something going on. And we don't know what it is 100%. We don't know what the problem is. But it's got to be fixed from within. It's got to be got to be fixed from within. Don't want to lose out the rest of the year because half the team and even the staff these guys are pretty much playing for their jobs at this point. People talk about losing out and looking for the draft. What good is that going to do if you want Dirk Cutter to stay here? If the Buccaneers lose out, Dirk Cutter's gone. As much as I love him. Love Dirk Cutter. Think he's the head coach for this team. But if you want us to look forward to the draft and shoot for a high draft pick, then Cutter's gone. Mike Smith will probably be right behind him. Keep in mind, this is the same Mike Smith that we all got excited about when he re-signed on an extension in January. The defense was lights out last year, for the most part, second half of the season. It's inconsistency, and it's not 100% the players. But back to, like I said before, half the team doesn't care. They don't care. And it makes a bad situation, a very disheartening, upsetting situation. For our, our Tampa Bay Buccaneers. An awesome quote. Well, one of the, one of the best quotes that I took from uh, Bucks Uncensored this week. And, and something that will set the tone. I'll let you guys sit on it. We need to bring in people who care. And get rid of the ones who don't. the players don't care, it's not going to change anything. If the coaches don't care, it's not going to change anything. Dirk Cutter has lost this team. 
It's a Ben McAdoo situation with New York. Players don't care. Players don't care. We need to bring in people that care. That's the bottom line. If anything's going to change around here, that's the way to do it. I love this team so much. Don't let me sit here and, and make you think that I that I hate the team, that I'm mad at the team, that I'm jumping ship. You guys already know. It's been said before. That's not ever going to happen. I'm already too far deep into it. If you could see my room right now, actually right up above me, literally like a couple feet from my head is a uh, – it's the 10th anniversary Super Bowl champs flag they gave out at Raymond James a couple years ago. I think it was season opener. Jesus. They gave it out at Raymond James. I got a 30 seasons bucks patch from 2005 up on my wall. My mini helmet, my bucks hats, my other bucks flag at the other side of the room, my bucks pennant. A, uh, a fold-out picture of all the Bucks cheerleaders signed by some of them. Because who doesn't like cheerleaders? Come on. Should just make a podcast where we talk about the cheerleaders every week. Got my Bucks pennant, my Levante David jersey hanging up. And the Bucks calendar they gave out at the home opener this year. I love this team. I'm, I'm in too deep to go back. But god damn it, man. We don't deserve this. Things have got to change. And things hopefully will change. Looking forward into the future. Now, as we wrap things up here, I wanted to uh, wanted to talk about one of the good things that happened finally this week. As we change our tone a little bit here, I'm kind of lightening up because I get excited thinking about it. We ran the end around with Deshaun Jackson, and if you guys have been listening to the show, I've talked about that every week. I said I was going to talk about it every week until the Bucks did it, and they did it. Somebody listen to the show. Against New Orleans, the Buccaneers ran the end around with Deshaun Jackson towards the left side of the field, picked up eight yards, nearly a first down. Could have picked up more. Deshaun Jackson's the type of guy to make a move. He really just didn't have a hole. The hole kind of closed pretty quickly on the play. But regardless, he picked up eight yards because nobody saw it coming with Deshaun Jackson. I'm telling you guys, he is what we need to run that play. And if they're going to take us seriously, run the play a little more with Fitz. Fitz is going to be starting this week. Also, Ryan Griffin, our backup, backup quarterback, was finally activated this week. He's going to be playing backup to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I hope we see a little bit of him in the fourth quarter. If you guys didn't know, he did go down. I'm not sure if it was first preseason or second preseason game. I think it was the Bengals game he went down with an injury. Played a little bit of that game. Played against Jacksonville. Ryan Griffin is a solid backup. A lot of people saying to start him over Fitz. I don't see it from the veteran aspect. Don't agree with it, but Ryan Griffin's back, and everyone's happy. <sighs> it's been a rough week, guys. There's really nowhere else to go from here. The season's over. It's a lost cause at this point. Uh, best we can do is just is play our play our best football. I mean, play the best we can. 
This is a team that turned it around second half of the year. This was obviously a team that played with heart last year. And it'd be one thing if we were losing by three points and we could debate certain key topics of the game to go back and forth. But the Bucks so far, God, what did we get scored these last few games? Like 47, 47 to 13, the Bucks got scored two division games in a row. It's not even close. So we can't talk about that. We suck. Again. Something's got to change. But all we can do the rest of the season is just play our best football, do what we can, and, and hope to finish even, really. I'd be happy with an 8-8 eight and eight finish at this point. I'd be happy with 7-9. Seven and nine. Seven wins is really where I will come out and say that that's, that's acceptable. That's a good rally. Five more wins. Did what you could. Made chicken salad out of chicken shit. Let's get ready for next season. Let's figure out what the problem is. On a side note, no. On a uh, side note, though, if Gruden came back, I, I'd totally be here for it, man. Uh, I'd totally be here for it. Gruden came back, it'd be absolutely thrilling. But not a lot of good things to talk about against New Orleans, except for the Sean Jackson end around. Gruden might be coming back. I'd like him to come back. I don't know, man. I don't know. We're going to pick an Instagram follower of the week this week. Let me jump into the DMs here and figure out who it's going to be. Because to be honest with you guys, I pick it by random. Sometimes I pick it uh, with a motive. Um, kind of pick it for uh, kind of pick it for the motive. Like if there's a certain thing going, uh, if someone's active, if someone does something. Like last week, it was HD Piz Jugs. The guy's great. Um, he designed some logos for us. You know, he's been an active follower, this and that. But you know, cool stuff. Cool, cool stuff. But this week's Instagram follower of the week is going to be Max Bolt Twenty Two M A X B O L T Two Two Max Bolt Twenty Two. Congratulations, my man, on being the Instagram follower of the week for the Cannon Fire Podcast here on YouTube and iTunes and Instagram too. But ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm out of breath. I'm tired. I've got work tomorrow. I don't want to think about working tomorrow, but I've got work tomorrow. So let's get this puppy under wraps. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 13 of the Cannon Fire podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube and iTunes. Also, if you haven't, Make sure you leave a five-star rating on iTunes. It costs you nothing and means the world to myself and my co-host, Evan. It'll support the show and get the word out there. Basically, just it's all good things. It's all sunshine and rainbows when you leave that five-star review. Also, if you have not already, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Cannon Fire Podcast. And you too could be the Instagram follower of the week in a coming up show. Just be active and, and... Literally, if you jump up in the DMs and you're like, hey, what's up, man? You'll probably be the Instagram follower of the week as we creep our way towards 200 followers. I believe we did hit 200 followers. So thank you guys very, very much. Once again, Evan was not here. So for Evan, I am Rhett. I will talk to you guys next time. Uh, uh, go box at this point, really? Uh, um, You know, <laughs> it's rough.
will get better. It takes time. Best thing we can do is trust the process. I love the Bucks. I love Tampa. I love Jameis. Things will get better. I'll talk to you guys later. Have a good rest of your week. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.